Welcome. You are listening to a sermon preached at Church at the Armory. If you like what you hear, share it. God bless you. Praise God. I'm glad you're here. Uh, this is this is a great way to kick off 2023. Uh, how many of y'all have eaten today? Raise your hand. Hey, for most of us, before we've even eaten a meal, we've worshipped God in 2023. Right? That's how you're supposed to start off a year right there. But for most of us, we have just come in this place. We have just, uh, the first thing we've done is just worship God. And uh, so we're setting the tone for 2023. I do believe, I have expectation in my heart. I have, I have hope in my heart. I have a sense of this going to be a good year. Somebody say amen. amen. It may not be good out there in the world, but it's going to be good in here. It's going to be good right in here. Right in here, not not this not this building, but in this in this this gathering of saints. When we all every time we come together, we're gonna come together, we're gonna come together in peace, we're gonna come together in joy. No matter what the world's throwing at us, we're gonna come together in peace and joy and love and laughter and just we're gonna be encouraged and built up. And I have a lot of expectation on my heart for for us as individuals, but also for us as a church. So every year I like to kind of present a I don't know what you would call it. I used to call it the State of the Union. I'm not going to call it anymore. But just kind of a, a sermon in the first Sunday of the year to just kind of talk about the state of the church and where we are. So I'm not really preaching today. I'm just kind of sharing as Pastor Chester, just sharing the where I feel like the state of the, of the church is and where I feel like the Lord is speaking for the upcoming year. I want to take you back, though, three years ago to this time, 2020. And... Uh, and uh, how many of you remember 2020? Now, this is before Corona, Sister Rona, had even showed up, right? This is before all that is January. We're just living life, having a good time. And I, how many of you remember the sermon I preached that first Sunday and uh, the State of the Union over the church and, and over the body? And I said, I said this, I said, I don't know what God has in store for 2020, I'm so glad I didn't get there and prophesy like, it's going to be the blessed year of the Lord, right? And some kind of stuff because 2020 was a very difficult year, amen? I said, I have no idea what 2020 is going to bring. And, and honestly, uh, any prophet in America that, that we was listening to didn't know. Like it just nobody was prophesying anything accurately. They were prophesying about Trump, but that's another story. But, but the, nobody was prophesying accurately the state of the, chunk, the country, the state of the world, the state of the church. 2020, 2020, 2020. No, 2020. Just 220s. Um, and so this is what I said. I said, the Lord hasn't given me a vision about 2020. The Lord has given me a vision about the 20s, the decade. Y'all remember that? How many of you raise your hand if y'all remember that? I said the decade, the 20s. And so um, I remember prophesying that the 20s, listen, <laughs> the will of the Lord, this is what we want the will of the Lord to be like. Um, I need, I need uh, my, my sharp, my, my, uh, in my drawer, in my desk, go grab one of those big, uh, you know, those markers, the big fat ones, dry erase markers. We want the will of the Lord to be like this. Is it okay if I just talk to you this morning and not preach a sermon? Y'all don't, don't need, I wore my preaching boots, but they're just going to be on my feet today, okay? Um, 
But we want the will of the Lord to look like this. I think this is not in my notes. I don't, even, I don't even know why I'm talking about this, but the Lord does. So let's just, uh, oh, there's an eraser right there. This is going to be great. Can y'all see this? Say yes, whether you can see it or not. Yes. Okay, good. Oh. Thanks, Chad. Everybody give Chad a hand. Handsome, strapping young fellow. All right. Well, this is what we want the will of the Lord to be like. We want God to speak to us and say, This is Chester, church at the armory, whatever, say your name. This is what the will of the Lord is. Number one, this is going to happen. Number two, this is going to happen. Number three, this is going to happen. Number four, go to this very particular place and do this. We want, this is what we want the will of the Lord we think it looks like. That the Lord kind of speaks to us, gives us this list. We just follow the list, follow the formula, and everything works out great. That's not what the, war, the will of the Lord is at all. The will of the Lord looks like this. What is this? This is a river. Okay. Right? This is a river, a windy river. This is the will of the Lord. See this boat down here? The Lord says, get in the boat. That's the will of the Lord. What is your will? Get in the boat. Well, uh, okay, God, I can't see to the next bend. There is no list here. It's get in the boat. Take the ride. Okay, I might be preaching a little bit now. Get in the boat, take the ride. We want to know, we want to see, we want to see, we want to know what's here before we get in the boat here. It doesn't work that way. The will of the Lord is, God, do you trust me? Well, the correct answer is yes. Well, then get in the boat. And take the journey. That was what 2020, that prophetic word was for my heart, was uh, I don't have a vision for the year 2020. I have a vision for the 20s. What's it look like? This is what it looks like. Get in the boat. Take the ride. I cannot tell you what. All I can tell you is what you will be at the end of the journey is nothing what you are right now. And in year three, This is what I prophesied. I wrote it down. This is what I prophesied. That this church would be completely different after a decade. And the, the word was twofold. It was destroy church culture or church as we know it. It was, it was get the church out of the church. That is not just a physical location. That is so much more than just physical location. But here we are, the start of 2023, and this progression of this 10-year vision the Lord had showed me and spoke to me about, uh, I had no idea, right? How many of y'all saw this day three years ago? Nobody saw this day. But we got in the boat, and we took the ride. And we're still taking the ride. Now here's the scary thing. <laughs> it's three of 10. 20, 21, 22. We're starting year four. Day, day one of year four. 
right, if you count all of 2020. That makes sense? Here we are starting year, and it's, it's drastically different than it was in the day, January 1st, 2020, and we're not even halfway through the ride. That doesn't mean, yeah, somebody said, woo, woo. Some of you are like, oh, no. <laughs> doesn't mean that um, I think that we're going to be like, you know, changing venues or all that kind of stuff. What it means is what we are on a journey to become, we are, we are not fulfilled yet in what we shall be. And what we shall be is something very, very beautiful. Somebody say amen. Okay? So I want to remind you of that word, and I want to kind of put into, I want to kind of put into process where we are in the journey. I think the, I think the, the boat may be, you know, here right now. Right? We've traveled along. We, did, we didn't see everything ahead of us, but we were faithful. Man, this is where I want to brag on you for 2022 as a church. Faithful to just take the ride. I cannot express, as a spiritual leader over this group of people, I cannot express enough what it feels like to get into a boat with a group of people who are willing to just take the ride. Does that make sense to you? Who are willing to just get in the boat and just take the ride. Like, this is, this is cool. I, a guy called me, um, I don't know what day was it, yesterday, day, day before, and he was talking to he was talking to me about the church about our church. He he, at this moment isn't coming to church yet here. But he was he had visited not too long ago, and he called me, and he said, uh, "Man, I just felt alive there and all this kind of stuff when he came and visited." And this is what he said. He said he was talking about the church, and he's like, "You know, you've gone through so much transition, and it seems like everybody loves each other." And it seems like everybody wants to be there, right? And it seems like everybody, it, 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 people talk about having family, he said, but it seems like they actually do care about each other like a family does. And this is what he said. He said, and this is what I said. I said, well, A, everybody does like each other. We have to love each other. We get to like each other. <laughs> Amen? But this is what I said. I said, uh, everybody does want to be here because if they didn't want to be here, they've had every excuse in the world not to be here. Amen? And they're here. And this is a ride-or-die people, literally, in my, in my illustration, this is a ride-or-die people that have committed themselves to going in on the journey with God, and here we are, and it is, it is exhilarating and terrifying all at the same time. Somebody say amen. amen. It's it's, it's phenomenal, and we're in this process, and I'm very grateful to be a part of a, of a family, a group of people that are willing to take risks and steps of faith. Everybody talked about living a life of faith. It's one thing to say it. It's another thing to do it. Amen? And I'm, I'm, I'm in a family that knows how to walk with God who knows how to be led by the Spirit, who knows how to journey with Him. And it's, as a pastor, I, I, would, I wouldn't trade a single person in this room for a million people who didn't care, who just wanted to do religion. Amen? And so I'm just so grateful. 2022 was a definitely uh, transitional year. Yes, the building, okay? But, you know, we started 2022 off with... with uh, with, with people that 
and, and just ambitions and all that kind of stuff. And God took us on this journey, and here we are. And 2022 looks nothing today like it did the day we started. That's a great thing. Somebody say amen. amen. And so um, just real quick, the building, here we are. We're in the armory. I think it's going fantastic. Um, I'm, I'm just, there's so many things that I love about being here. Uh, a, because I feel like the Holy Spirit is directing us to be here. I'm, I'm convinced of that. I want to tell you a story about, I think I've told you this story, but me and Mr. T was looking at this place. Me, our, our, the elders and uh, uh, some staff members, when we first come to look at this place, um, we were all here looking around. Danny was here. I think Jim Jones was here. Some of the staff was here. We, we were walking around looking before we'd ever had the, the trial run service, you know. We were just looking around, just looking at stuff. And uh, I remember me and Andrew, everybody had pretty much left, and me and Andrew were standing right here, and we were just talking. And, um, and we were just kind of expressing what the Spirit was laying on our hearts at the time, just talking out loud, right? Just how many of y'all think best when you talk? <laughs> right? How many of y'all get in trouble when you talk too much? Right? That's biblical too. But we were just sitting here expressing our hearts and just speaking from our spirit and... Um, and kind of at the same time, he, he said something that I had been thinking, and it was like church at the armory or church in the armory or church of the armory. Or he, he, started, he started saying that. And when he said that, I was like, that's what I was thinking too. And this is no lie. Mr. T had left. And where was you at, Mr. T? Timberlane. Okay, at the liquor store. And so, and we were, <laughs> I'm joking. I know that's, that's probably not true. Anyway, um, <laughs> if you can get Mr. T to laugh, you've done something, man. All right, so, uh, and so we're standing right here. He's going down Timberlane. We, we had just said that, and my phone rings, and Mr. T goes, Mr. T, you ever talk to him on the phone? He's like, how you doing, Pastor? How you, you doing? You know, all the pleasantries at first. This is what he says, Church of the Armory. Now, I'm not trying to say that Mr. Tree is not a spiritual person. He's a very spiritual person, but he's not the guy that's going to come grab the microphone and start prophesying on, on command. You want to try? So, so he's not that guy. Like he, he, like, but at that moment, he had just said it, I had just said it, and then he called while we were having that discussion and said it, and it, it was confirmed in the mouth of three witnesses. That sounds biblical, doesn't it? And, I mean, and there we are, and, and, and it just settled in my spirit. Like this was like a, God was speaking, church at the armory, let's do this thing. And that's kind of a, a, a little bit of how church at the armory, not the building, but the vision. Man, we're so past being a building. Like the building, I am, this building, that building, any building, I am so like over building discussion. It's not even funny. I'm over I, what I am not over is the vision of the body. Amen? Wherever we meet, the church is. We're so happy to be meeting in this old armory that God did equip the saints in the armory, right? And so we're going to talk about that. And so here we are. We moved to the armory. Huge step of faith. Grateful for a people of God who are willing to take risks. Um, we're still believing. Everybody say, in the name of Jesus. Name of Jesus. That building sell. 
It's going to sell quickly. Amen. It's got to sell. So we're going to sell that thing. Amen. Uh, matter of fact, Danny and I are talking about on a Wednesday night pretty soon, uh, just going over there and just having a prayer meeting, not inside, just walking around having a prayer meeting and just declaring the sale of the building just by faith. So, so we're going to do that pretty soon. Uh, we need that building to sell, and we're going to move forward. Matt, so I want to I want to talk to you though about 2023, 2020, 2020, 2020, 2020, 2022 brings us up to date. The day one of 2023. Lord, what are you saying? Like, what do you want to do? Lord, what what uh, what are we talking about this year? And this is the things I feel like the Lord laid on my heart this year. First thing I want to talk about is um, Matthew 6:33. Throw that scripture up there, brother. Everybody knows this one. Probably most half of you at least more know this one by heart. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. This is what we think seeking first the kingdom of God. Look at me. On day one of 2023, we're going to make sure our hearts are focused on God. That we seek him first. Amen? We think Again, it's, I wrote this down, one, two, three. We think that seeking God looks like a priority list. God number one, right? My spouse number two, my kids number three, my career, my job number four, whatever, my ministry number, whatever you want to say. You, and we think it's like seeking the kingdom of God first means we need to take this time, beginning of 2023, we need to prioritize our life. That's not what it looks like. To seek the kingdom of God, to seek God first, to seek first his kingdom is more like this. This is the way I think. This is why I, um, I enjoy. I didn't know I was going to be writing so much, so here we go. This is right here. What is this? It's a target, right? You know, you got your tin ring and work your way out. We got a target. God is not number one on my list. That, that like, God is the list. Like, to put something as number two is almost kind of, uh, it's kind of idolatrous. Like, this is you, and then this right next to you is number two, and this right next to that is number three. No, no, no. God is the list. God is the target. As a matter of fact, let me put this down so we can see it real good. God is the target. As a matter of fact, what sin is, what's the definition of sin? Somebody raise your hand and tell me. Huh? Missing the mark. Missing the target. Y'all have heard that, right? Sin is missing the mark. Sin is not doing something bad. Sin is we should have been focused and aimed on a certain target God, and we missed it because we got our eyes off the prize. That is seeking first the kingdom of God. Our, our hope is to hit the bullseye every time, but even if we don't hit the bullseye and we hit here, we still hit the target. Sin is to get our focus off of God and to get it on our spouse, our children, our job, our, you see what I'm saying? When really, on the other side of this target is stacked every priority of my life. 
What I'm trying to say is I can only get to loving my wife the right way by hitting the target. I can only get to loving my children and raising them godly by hitting the target. I don't always hit the bullseye, but I'm trying to hit the target. So anything that we, we love and put our affection to before we shoot at the heart of God, that's idolatry. Did I say that Okay. And so it's not a list. It's not a priority list. Well, God's number one. No, God's way more than just number one. God is one one through a million. He's the whole point. It's God and no second place. No one will stand next to God. Who's worthy to stand next to God? The only reason I have my wife is because I went through God first. Only reason we have children is because I went through God into my life through my. You see what I'm saying? And so it, there's a there's not a, there's not a a list. It's a God is the target, and everything that I hit the target, everything comes from that. Amen. So if I so in this same illustration, if I whoa, if I have a target, and over here's Missy, right, and over here's the church. Look at me, look at me. Over here's, and, and I'm aiming at God, but then I take my sights and put it on my wife. Or I take my sights and put it on being the best, best pastor I can, but not pastoring through God, pastoring through skill and talent. And You see what I'm saying? Uh, whatever it is, our career, church, families, business, I, I, mean, I mean, whatever it is, if we get our eyes off the prize, if we seek anything other than his kingdom first, we find ourselves in need. And so here's what I'm trying to look at me, church. This is what I'm saying. As a church, as a church, if we'll seek the kingdom first, then God will take care of our needs. But if we seek to get our needs met before we seek God, Does that make sense? If we seek to build ministry rather than seek God, not just God, but seek his kingdom. Seek his kingdom and his righteousness and these things will be added to you. The key to selling that building is seeking the kingdom of God. The key to building this church is not to focus on building the church, but to focus on seeking the kingdom of God. Does that make sense, what I'm saying to you? And so, is it bad to love my wife? Nobody. Is it bad to love your spouse? Of course not. It's bad to love your spouse without loving her through Christ first. Does that make sense? So, so, you saying don't love my children? I'm not saying don't love your children. I'm saying, but, but if you, in the name of loving your children, parent them in a way that's not through the bullseye of God's heart first, you're going to make mistakes parenting your children. We seek God first, and then everything else we need is added unto us. Seeking his kingdom is key to provision we will need in 2023. Listen to me. 
Whatever needs, physical, spiritual, mental, material, etc., we have as a church or you as a person, the provision for those needs being met lies in our ability to seek his kingdom. I want you to hear what I'm about to say right now. Let us, church, do something in seeking his kingdom. Are y'all paying attention? Let us do something in seeking his kingdom that heaven goes, I need to fund that. You hear what I'm saying? Let us do something that heaven goes, okay, I need to, I need to provide for that to continue. Amen. That makes sense? I don't know if God's just going to continue providing for a religion. Amen. That makes sense? But I think that the churches, and especially this church, that decide to go after God and seek his kingdom, seek the kingdom of God, I think heaven goes, okay, that's what I want to throw my resources to. The heaven of resources get, get thrown to that and not just keeping church structures alive. You understand what I'm saying? So seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. All right? That's the first thing. The second thing, this is the year, in my opinion, this, in my, not my opinion, in my, and what I feel like the Lord is saying to my heart, this is the year, write this down if you're taking notes, the year of being the sent ones. The year of being the sent ones. Matthew 10, 1. I want you to uh, put this up there. Jesus summoned his, his disciples, his 12 disciples. Raise your hand if you're a disciple of Christ. Jesus summoned thee and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. And then he sent them out. This is the year of the disciples being sent. I'm not I'm not I am and am not predominantly speaking about missions. I'm predominantly speaking about, so some of you I am, but some of you I'm not. Some of you I'm, I'm speaking about us living as sent ones in our community. Y'all with me? He summoned them, come to me, I don't know, come to this place of the armory and get equipped and have the authority of God placed on your life to be sent out to do the works of the kingdom. Right? This is what it looks like. It has been the case over the last few years especially that we have come summoned to God to have our unclean spirits dealt with. To have our hearts healed of every disease and every kind of sickness. We are transitioning. This is the flip-flop. This is the shift that's happening in this church. Hear me, I'm speaking to you. We are moving from the ones in need to the ones being used to take the gospel and meet needs. I've been hinting at this for a few weeks now. We're the ones who are not coming always needing peace, but now we're the ones walking with the authority to be peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. We're not the ones who are needing to be made 
healed or whole, but now we're the ones who are whole and are walking into loving and ministering the kingdom of God to people that they are becoming whole. I'm trying to say we've moved to a place in our discipleship as a church, as followers of Christ, where to come and follow me means now to you have followed me so well, now I can send you. You with me? Um, skip down to verse uh, 7 and 8. As you go, preach. Don't get weirded out. Pastor Chester told me this year I'm going to preach. I'm not talking about what you think of when you think of the word preach. I'm talking about you giving your mouth to God to proclaim his, his gospel. Amen. Preach saying what? The thing we're seeking first is right here. Make sense? The thing we're seeking first is right here. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse leopards, cast out demons. How many of y'all have received the, of the Lord in the last few years? How many of y'all have received the gospel, the power of the gospel, healing, deliverance, uh, whatever it is, salvation, freedom from whatever it could be, anxiety, depression, whatever it is, you've received something of God. If you've received something, you are, in, I, I mean, obligated. Receivers are obligated now to be givers of what they have received. This was the whole story of comfort. The God of Paracalesis who comforts you with his comfort so that you can comfort others with the comfort you have received because receivers are now givers. If you have nothing to give and you have been a receiver, and that's a scary place to live. Okay. Verse 18 through 20 says this. I'm just kind of skipping through this whole story. You'll be brought before governors and kings for my sake. You're going to go, you're, look, look at me, all in the this, in this church. God's going to put you before people you didn't think you'd be in front of this year. Friends, old friends, people you haven't seen in years, people you said, I'm, I don't think I'm ever going to you know, minister to that person. You see what I'm saying? God's going to put you, God's going to create divine appointments where you're in front of people. And the first thing in your thought, look at me, the first thing you're going to think is, well, what do I say? What do I do? Well, welcome to the armory where we can equip you. Except this is the equipping that you're not going to like. You'll be brought before governors, kings for my sake, and a testimony of them to the Gentiles. Verse 19, brother. When, you, when they hand you over, do not worry about what you're going to say. For it will be given to you in that moment, that hour. Again, this is where we want the will of God to work. God says, go to this person, say this Lay your hands on them, on their forehead, not their shoulder. Don't grab their hand. One finger, no, two fingers in the middle of their forehead, sideways. <laughs> Run behind, catch them as they fall. This is where we want God to work. We want God to like lay it out step by step. But God says here, uh, I'm going to put you in front of somebody, and you just start talking. You just start, what, what, don't, what, what am I going to, don't worry about what you're going to say. Just start, if you, look at me, if you're seeking the kingdom, 
then the provision of the kingdom is inside of you. And that provision, listen to me, is so much more than just material needs. That provision is what you need in that moment to speak to somebody who's going to hell, but it's not anymore because you decided to open your mouth. For it will be given to you in that moment, in that hour, what you're to say. Verse, verse 20. For it is not you who speak. I don't understand why God does this. I like the idea of a completely sovereign God who doesn't need or want my help. That's not how he is desired or chosen to operate. We just got through celebrating the holiday where God co-labored with mankind to bring about salvation to the earth. Why didn't, why didn't baby Jesus just appear in a manger? No, I need a human to carry what I need them to carry to birth what I need them to birth to bring salvation to this world. Amen. So God is, is literally hell-bent on, on, on co-laboring with mankind, that, but it's not you. He just needs your mouth. He just needs your vocal cords. You just need an instrument to blow through. And God is not, what am I going to say? Well, first of all, you're not going to say anything. I'm going to speak through you. Don't worry about it. But it is the spirit of your father who speaks in you. And look at me, look at me. You don't know it yet. Maybe you do. Maybe you've been feeling this. But people in this room, you don't know it yet. But at some point this year, you're going to stand before somebody. You're going to be in front of somebody. And the Holy Ghost is going to prompt your heart to be, with a desire to say something to them. And you're going to go, I don't know what to do. Great. <laughs> this is where I want you. Say this, say this, and you're going to begin to speak. And when you begin to speak, you're going to realize it is not you speaking, that the Holy Spirit is speaking through you. And as you release these words, you're going to watch as the Holy Spirit moves on somebody's heart. And that is how the kingdom of God comes to earth. Our Father who art in heaven, thy Stop. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done. The will of God is done by a bunch of people who are willing to jump in the boat and take a ride and see his kingdom come. How's his kingdom going to come? Look at me. I wish God was completely sovereign and just the kingdom. He has demanded to co-labor with humanity to see his kingdom come and his will accomplished. Remember when Jesus was performing miracles inside of, I can't remember whose house it was, some house. I think it was even the same house where they lowered the, lowered the, the guy from the roof, right? The, the guy that, that couldn't walk, and they lowered him through the roof. And, and I'm not sure if it's the same story or not, but I know there were so many people that his brother and his mother couldn't get into the house. Remember that story? And they said to Jesus, Jesus, your family is here. And he said, who is my family? Not saying then I don't like my mom and I don't like my brother. Who's my family? Those who do the will of my father. That's the family of God. Mm. 
One of the reasons I think we are achieving greater levels of family is because I think we're hell-bent on doing the will of God together. And it's creating this sense of family because the family does the will of God together. Does that make sense? I think that's why we're experiencing, not just because we're nice and friendly to one another. You see what I'm saying? It's because we, it's because the will of God, we're doing it together. We're taking this risk and these steps of faith together, trying to follow the will of God together. And I think it just draws our hearts together in unity, one accord. Amen? All right, good. So I'm going to hurry up because I know y'all are getting tired because y'all stayed up till midnight uh, drinking sparkling grape juice. My children, my son demanded his sister drive him to Walmart so he could buy sparkling grape juice so he could drink it at midnight. He's a weirdo, okay? So, verse, chapter 10, verse 18, 20. Okay, now, this is what I'm, this is what I'm saying. Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 2, verses 1 through 5. Look, I'm going to read this real quick to, to demonstrate. Everybody say demonstrate. To demonstrate that we must demonstrate. When I came to you, brethren, I didn't. This is Paul talking with superiority of speech or wisdom. If I say to you, go speak to somebody on behalf of God, some of you are going to say, I don't know what to say. I don't, I don't, you know, Chester, that's what you do. You talk to people. You have the superiority of speech. (laughs) I say 20, 20, 20. You see what I'm saying? Like you have, I can't talk to people the way you talk to me. Okay, Moses. And Paul, in the spirit of Moses, as a deliverer, stands in front of people and says, I didn't come to you with fancy words. I didn't come with no... What excuse do we have not to do the will of God? It ain't because it ain't we're not gifted. Well, you know, God gifted Andrew to do that. That's what Andrew does. I didn't come with you with superior speech or wisdom. I came proclaiming to you the testimony of God. Raise your hand if you have a testimony. If your hand's not up, I am scared for you right now. Raise your hand if you have a testimony. This is what God has done for me. And God is no respecter of persons. What he did for me, he'll do for you. That right there will preach every day, all day. Preach. And your sermon is just, this is what God has done for me. And I want to tell you right now, what God has done for me, he will do for you. And so many people in this room have been in process of the testimony coming to flourishing. In 2023, we're going to come to flourishing. I'm going to, oh, slow down, Chester. We're going to come to flourishing, and you're going to experience times this year where you'll tell people what God has done. And you don't have to be fancy speech. Okay, listen, verse 2. For I determined to know nothing among you, Church, we can build a following and we can do events and we can do stuff to build a following. But Paul said, I'm not, I don't determine to do that stuff. I determine to know nothing except one thing. Seek you first the kingdom of God to know this one thing. Jesus Christ and him crucified. To be able to share the crucified Lord with the world is all the spirit needs to have revival. 
Verse 3. I was with you. I'm weak. I'm afraid. I'm not adequate. Paul says, I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. I remember when Missy and I <clears throat> were in high school and we were doing this discipleship program where, we, where we were, uh, you had to fulfill so many different requirements every week for like 13 weeks to finish this course. You had to read so much, so many chapters of the Bible. You had to, and one of them was you had to witness to one person a week. No problem for me. Got it on Sunday. or got it on Wednesday. I was done by Thursday. Right? Missy? Mm-mm. That's not my calling. Except it's everybody's calling. I want to break a lie. I'm going to, I want to strip it right off this church. There is no such thing as a calling to share the gospel. The calling is, I was born again. The evangelist wasn't the one we looked to to fulfill the sharing of the gospel. The evangelist's job was to equip you to share the gospel and to encourage you to share the gospel. I was with you. I'm, look, look, that's not Cleegee's job. Cleegee has lots of roles. Her job isn't to do all of our witnessing for us. As a church, if we don't take responsibility of the gospel into our hands as co-laborers with Christ and be led by the Holy Spirit, we're just going to staff it out? No. If this church becomes what God says it's going to be, it's because we became workers of the gospel. Does that make sense? Okay, everybody's looking at me like craziness. Verse 4. Verse 4, brother. My message and my preaching were not in persuasive words. You ain't got to be a smooth talker. God's not looking for car salesmen. Amen? God's not looking for a bunch of car salesmen, slick willy with, with, with the ability to just say things and just smooth talk their way. God's not looking for those guys. He needs a befumbling buffoon. Raise your hand if that's you. Me too. All right. My message and my preaching were not with persuasive words, but this is what he needs. Somebody who can just simply demonstrate the kingdom. This is what the kingdom of God looks like. And when they, whenever you're in their presence and you're speaking and God's speaking through you, they feel love. They feel peace. They feel, they feel the presence of God. You see what I'm saying? They feel encouragement. They feel the gospel. They feel conviction. You, not, not because you're trying to be convicting, but because what you say is cutting to the heart of the matter of what's inside of them. And you didn't even know you were saying it. And you're just saying something, and it's just striking it. And they're like, hey, what? And listen, and, and what, did the, what did the New Testament church, how do they respond to the gospel? What must I do to be saved? Oh, oh I didn't know I got that far yet. <laughs> You see what I'm saying? So it's like, it's not, it's not anything of your power. It's the demonstration of the spirit and the power. Verse, verse five, verse five. So that, listen, because whatever person that is going to be moved on by the kingdom of heaven needs to know this one thing. And this is where the church has missed it the most. Faith would not rest on the wisdom of men but I'm the power of God. Paul said, I'm glad I didn't baptize many of you people. I'm glad you're not 
followers of Paul. And that's what we have created in the modern church world is this idea where just, it's, it's this idea, uh, we, we create little Chesters. And we create little Andrews. And we create little whatever your name is. And, and No, no, your, your job is to create little Christs. What does Christian mean? Little Christ. Followers of Christ. I want to minister to somebody on such a supernatural way that they don't go, wow, you are very gifted when you talk. If you need that affirmation, stay home. When you get done speaking what God has said, you want them to go, tears in their face. God, I have seen and met with God today. But they might not come to the church if that happens. I'm not trying to build the church, I'm trying to build the kingdom. I know that's not what you want to hear your pastor say. I've just got to believe that if we build the kingdom, then all of our needs will be met. Because seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. I'm not worried about building crowds. I'm worried about you demonstrating the kingdom wherever you go. If we do that, God's going to God go, I can't help but fund. What do they mean by Fund. I can't help but put my spirit on that. I can't help but put my anointing on that. I can't help but put my favor on that. I can't help to put my divine appointment, uh, angelic movement on that, where, I, where I'm switching you with it. That light at Fifth Street went out so that you would go this way, so that you would see that person walking down the road, so that you would pull up the Holy Spirit, so you lean, uh, pull over and speak. You see what I'm saying? Divine movement. God wants to provide for you everything you need to be a powerhouse of authority for the gospel this year. I'm done. I got one little section here. I believe we will see a discernible difference in our church this year. This is the year we shift. We shift from ones needing peace to being peacemakers, from one needing healing to being ones used to heal, from one needing to be encouraged to the ones doing the encouraging. From the ones just trying to follow Christ to the ones being sent by Christ because we have reached that level of what it means to be a follower. In 2023, in accordance, oh, listen to me. If you, if you haven't heard anything else, I say, listen to me what I'm about to say right now. In 2023, in accordance with Psalm 23, this is the year we come out of the valley and the shadow of death. To the far side of the shadow. I heard the Lord ask me this question. I've never heard this question before. I was up here praying last night, and I heard the Lord ask me this question. I've never heard this question before. Have you ever seen the far side of the shadow? What does it look like? This is the year we begin to say, surely goodness and mercy follow me, and I will dwell I got more to say about what the house of the Lord is. We'll do that another day. But this is the year where 2022, many of us walked through a valley and walked through a shadow. (laughs) In 2023, we're going to learn what the other side of the shadow looks like. 
you know what it looks like going in, and you know what it looks like walking through it. But what we don't know what it looks like is to have walked through it and to turn around and go, that's what that thundercloud looked like from this side. In Psalm 23, the year 23, we'll get, we're going to, we, this is the actual we passed through. Amen. And we'll look back and, and we'll know something our eyes have not seen before. The other side, the far side of the shadow. How many of y'all want that? Yes, yes, Lord, show me what the other side of the shadow looks like. Come on, if you, that, if you want that, I want you to lift your hands and just pray right now. Yes, Lord, put your heart in submission to the will of the Lord. I want to see the far side of the shadow. This is what the far side of the shadow is. When you reach the other side and you look back and now you have a testimony. And you're able to say to somebody, I have walked. <laughs> Past tense, I have walked through the valley, and he never left me. And I can tell you what the other, what the far side of the shadow looks like. And God is not a respecter of persons. What he did for me. This shadow you're walking through right now, I can tell you what the far side looks like. If you'll just stay with God and stay obedient with him, let me help you. And you begin to pray and prophesy, and you watch the Spirit of God touch their hearts. If we as a church take the gospel this year, 2023, and become the sent ones. Now some of you, this is literal I think you're, I think, yes, 2023 is the year you're sent. But I'm saying to you, in our town, I'm not talking about taking missions trips. I'm talking about walking around our city, our community, our families, our, our, wherever we are as sent ones. We have for years, especially we have, we have gotten our hearts back in line to be in following mode, Right? But this is where he throws the curveball. This is where he says, you have done well to follow me. Now I send you. There's a shift. And I think we're going to, I think we can have a testimony service January 1st, 2nd, 2024. And I think it'll blow our minds what God has done this year. If, if we collaborate with Christ. If anybody in this room is saying, and I and I just I just sense it, if anybody's saying, I just don't know if I can do that kind of stuff. Paul, Jesus, right? No fancy speech. I need your weakness. I just need you to speak. Matter of fact, if all you do is come seek me, I'll help you with the rest of it. This is going to sound sacrilegious. I do not mean it to sound... Hear, hear me in balance here. When I say seek me, I'm not just strictly talking about your personal devotion with Christ. If you go back to Matthew 6.33, it doesn't say seek me. It says seek his... It's the... In my prayer that this day there is planted in your heart a seed to see his kingdom manifested in our city, in your family, in your neighborhood, in your workplace, to seek the kingdom of God and its coming. I know what it's like to need peace. I found it. I can give it. 
I know what it's like to be in need of comfort. He comforted me, and I can give you comfort that he comforted me with. That's verbatim scripture. Today, the receivers begin to transition to the givers. Amen? We have gone through seasons of being restored and being made whole and being built back up. And man, the shift is happening. Amen? Am I saying that if you're ever in a need this year, don't come with need? I'm not talking about whatsoever. But I'm saying that this, this year marks the transition of this church, the shift in this church, where we, are from, we go from predominantly being the receivers to predominantly being the givers. Amen. I've been blessed. I'm going to be a blessing. Amen? Amen. Amen. Stand up on your feet. I'm going to get some t-shirts made. And she's just going to say, ask me about the far side of the shadow. <laughs> Probably not. That would be kind of cool, right? Used to black t-shirt because it's a shadow, right? Yeah. Anyway. Raise your hands. I want to pray over you. I just want to bless. I just want to bless. We're going to do this together. First of all, Father, we are grateful. The first words out of our mouth this year have to be thank you. Come on, if that's you right now, just say it. Say it to him. In your own way, thank you, Jesus. First words out of our mouth have to be thank you. I am so grateful to have received a comfort I can now share. Where would I be without you, Jesus? For surely the enemies of your plan would have crushed our souls. Your strong right hand upheld us when we didn't have the strength to walk. And so now that we have found our legs again, God, may we walk the path you have set before us. May we co-labor with you and may we see what our eyes have desired to see. May we see the God of creation at work in our very lives and in our very midst. Revival in the streets. Revival in our homes. God, we say yes to being the sent ones. We say yes to taking the gospel to our house, to our home, to our workplace, to to everywhere my feet go, I am prepared with the gospel of peace. Because we've been equipped, we've been armored up. God, I feel like you did a quick work in the armory, quickly, instilling us and encouraging us and building us up so that we can now, now, that we can now become sent ones. And I pray, God, that the far side of the shadow would become a reality to these eyes. We'd be able to see it. We'd be able to testify about it. Be able to know what it means and how to describe it. As you would guide our tongues. God, I pray that you would give us authority and courage in the face of fear to be the, 
demonstrators of the kingdom of God. God, I pray that you would put us in front of people that you want us to be in front of. And in those moments, the spirit of God would well up inside of us that you would do a work in their life that would point them to you. May no man stand in your glory. God, I pray that you would um, set the bullseye and the target of your kingdom before us. And God, that we would not sin against you by putting our focus somewhere else. That God, I pray that our hearts would be laser focused on the target that is you and your kingdom come. God, I pray very literally for people in this room, you've called to go out from this house, out of this city, out of this state, into other nations. And the power of God and the authority of heaven grasp them with your courage and may they fly like wings on the wings of an eagle. God, may they soar in the freedom of the Holy Spirit. God, may everything that you purpose to accomplish in their hearts for a season of recovery and a season of restoration, God, may it be completed and may they see the far side, the shadow, and may they soar in the testimony of what God has done. Take them. God, use them as tools in the hands of a God who is a craftsman and who is working his plan on our planet. God, we thank you for your kingdom. We are grateful. We thank you that at the very first hours of 2023, God, you have set our hearts in order. Now, God, may we keep this compass pointed in the right direction. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, amen. You hug about five people's neck, love on somebody. And, uh, oh, Missy wants to say something. Hang on one second, please. Missy wants to say something. Come up here, babe. One more thing I want to say before you leave. Um, God kind of rebuked me. God to rebuke you. I must be all alone. You know, you get in kind of whiny mode sometimes and you start saying all the things that have gone bad, you know, over the last year or two, right? And God rebuked me and said, uh, you need to go back and, and remember your victories. I mean, there's a, God accomplished some things in my life this year that personally, I think are pretty cool, right? I'm, I'm not, I hesitate to say this, to I'm, like, anyway, I'm not even going to say stuff. But my point is, is like, uh, was it May this year? May, we were in the hospital in the emergency room thinking she was having a heart attack. And she decided to discipline herself, but prayer and, and uh, she, you know, started eating better. And uh, I think you can tell a little bit, right? And so how many pounds do you think you've lost? 500 pounds. <laughs> and uh, that's, that can be taken the wrong way. But anyway, she's lost. She goes back next week. Um, a, couple weeks. a couple of weeks. She goes back to a rheumatologist rheumatologist because whenever she was in the hospital she had she'd been positive with the autoimmune disease and through prayer and through diet and all this kind of different stuff of changing and transforming herself the last time we went they said it's not showing up anymore come back in six months and we're going to see if maybe you know whatever and so we're going to go back in two weeks and we fully expect that the report's going to be yeah rock and roll lady amen 
And so like, if you look back and go, well, this was bad and this was bad, you look back and go, man, God did, have, there were these marks in my life this year where God did amazing things. So don't focus on the bad, focus on the victories last year, amen? And I just say all that to say, doesn't she look great? Yes, she does. Okay, so um, this morning when I woke up, I had a song that kept playing on repeat through my head. And God speaks to me a lot through song. God speaks to me a lot, like in just odd things. But who remembers the movie Prince of Egypt? It was a cartoon, yeah? And there was a song um, called When You Believe. So, like, when you have time, like, I want you to look it up. But the movie version, and listen to the movie version, not the Mariah Carey and Whitney Houston version. Listen to the cartoon movie version. And, um, and so it's talking about God's miracles. And in this song, they're singing this song when the... Israelites are leaving Egypt, right? They're crossing the Red Sea, and um, they're talking about, you know, miracles, blah, blah, blah. Well, in the cartoon version of it, there's a part where the the children start singing this song in Hebrew, and um, we're listening to this version on the way here, and I'm like, that has to be, like, in the Bible. Like, Lexi, what is this? Find this. Where is this at? And so she looks it up, in, um, and it is in Exodus 15, and I'm going to read just part of it. Um, for those of you who have had conversations about the trance, you know, coming over here, all of that stuff, Chester related it a lot to leaving Egypt. And so it just was kind of one of those things that was really cool to me. Let me get to the right verse. Okay, who is like you among the gods, O Lord? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in praises, working wonders? What are wonders? They are miracles, okay? Working miracles. You stretched out your right hand and the earth swallowed them. In your loving kindness, you have led the people whom you have redeemed. In your strength, you have guided them to your holy habitation. The people have heard. They tremble. Anguish has gripped the inhabitants of Philistia. I don't think I said that right, but that's okay. Then the chiefs of Edom were dismayed. The leaders of Moab um, trembling gripped them. All the inhabitants of Canaan have melted away. Terror and dread fall upon them. By the greatness of your arm, they are motionless as stone until your people pass over, O Lord. Until the people pass over whom you have purchased, you will bring them and plant them in the mountain of your inheritance. The place, O Lord, which you have made for your dwelling, the sanctuary, O Lord, which your hands have established, the Lord shall reign forever and ever. So this song is what they're singing as they're passing over um, the Jordan River, God dries it up. They walk on dry land. All the soldiers drown because they're trying to kill them. And, ever, and, and that's where we are right now. And whenever you look at this story, you can be like, oh gosh, they went through 40 years in the desert. But we talked about this this morning. Why did they go through the 40 years in the desert? Anybody? Because they were grumbling and complaining 
It took them 40 years to get to the promised land because they were whining like little babies. So this is an encouragement, but it is also a warning for us. This is the beginning of a new year. It is the beginning of the things that God wants to do in this family. He wants to do in this church. But if you lend your voice, if you lend your heart to whining, complaining, bickering, you are going to put yourself in that loop of walking the wilderness. So my challenge to all of us is to make sure that we are using our voices to glorify the Lord, to get on the boat, wherever his boat went, and go where the Lord takes us with a happy heart and with loving each other. So that's what I wanted to share this morning. Awesome things are going to happen this year, but you have a responsibility for that. And part of your responsibility is making sure that you're being careful of what you allow to come out of your mouth. Love you guys. Have a wonderful day. Go to the China Buffet. Amen.